how is this out and about? Thought I'd see if anybody wants to play some round ball. You're listening to the Bet Slippin' Podcast Daily NBA Show. Featuring Jeff Clark from USA Today Sportsbook Wire. What up, hoops, handicappers? Long time no speak. Welcome back to the Bet Slippin' Podcast. It's Thursday, February 24th, the All-Star break. Just wrapped up and the NBA is back. There's a seven-game slate tonight. I have four best bets. I'm 59 and 44 since starting this podcast. All these bets I actually have in my account. Um, I'm not up as much on like ROI uh, because of the, the, the vigorish attached to each of these bets. Um, but that is my record, and I'm definitely up money. And uh, hopefully you guys are up money following me or fading me or just taking whatever betting angles, uh, handicapping insight I give or provide you guys and turning that into some profit. Um, again, 59-44 since starting this bet slipping podcast. So I'm feeling strong. I'm, I'm, I've reset after the All-Star break. It was good uh, to not have to sweat NBA action day in, day in, uh, day, in uh, day out. But I'm, I'm ready to grind and, and finish the season, hopefully, as hot as I started the year, I was I came out the 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 gates blazing, um, starting this podcast. Cooled off towards the end of January, but I'm right where I want to be. I think heading into the second half, and um, I'm excited to handicap today's action. My four best bets are the Chicago Bulls minus three and a half when they host the um, Atlanta Hawks. Uh, first, I'm taking the Brooklyn Nets plus eight and a half as they host the Boston Celtics. I'm going to go with the Memphis Grizzlies uh, money line, which is currently down to minus 130. And then I'm going under 217 and a half in the Phoenix Oklahoma City Thunder game. Uh, those odds are provided by the sponsor of this podcast, Typico Sportsbook. They're a global sports betting leader. They're now actually live in, in New Jersey and Colorado. So, Check them out there um, for all of our Colorado, New Jersey listeners. You can get a uh, special welcome bonus at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. Uh, they have a pretty or a very easy and uh, mobile uh, sports, very fast and easy mobile sports book app you can download at your uh, app store. And uh, if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER for New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 for Colorado. All right, let's get into the analysis for these games. Um, first game that I'm looking at here, again, I'm taking the Boston Celtics, or taking the Brooklyn Nets, plus 8.5 as they host the Boston Celtics. Uh, Boston's a sixth seed after the first half of the season. They're four and a half games back of Miami for the first first seed. They're 34-26 and 26 straight up, 30-29-1 against the number, and 25 34 and one to the under um brooklyn has definitely regressed i've as you all know you know they've dealt with injuries they've dealt with kyrie irving's uh vaccination status and then uh james harden's petulance which ended up forcing them to trade harden to philly for ben simmons ben simmons still isn't in the lineup um kevin durant's still out with injury brooklyn is currently an eight seed three and a half games back of boston actually for six um, which is the first non-play-in seed in the playoffs. Um, they're 31-28 straight up, 23-34 against the spread, and uh, 23-34 and two against the spread. Excuse me, and 29-29 and one to the over/under. 
Um, they're tied 1-1, these two teams, both straight up and against the spread with the road team winning and covering each this season. Uh, Brooklyn actually is 9-1 and against the spread in their last 10 games at home against the Celtics, though. But the reason why I like Brooklyn, there's a few reasons. The first one is just, there's just so much to fade here um, with Boston. Uh, Boston balled in during the All-Star break. I think they have the best net efficiency since uh, the start of 2022. And everyone's raved about them all break. People are talking about them um, winning the Atlantic Division, being a, a sneaky fringe uh, contender to, to win the Eastern Conference. Uh, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown's played really well. Marcus Smart has uh, slowly became uh, the the floor general that they needed him to be. They have a dynamic defensive front court. Boston looks great in, in many ways, but um, I also want to fade just the just the hype that surrounded them um, this past week. You know, uh, I guess they say the uh, the. The idle mind is a devil's playground. Well, the no basketball being played over the past week really allowed people to talk themselves into Brooklyn being one of the better Eastern Conference teams. I'm not ready to get to that point yet. Um, I do look at them, and and I think they are what their record says they are, which is a six seed. Uh, Brooklyn, obviously, is much better than their record indicates. Um, and... Boston opened as two-point favorites, um, according to VegasInsider.com, and that's been bet up to, to nine at some books. It's eight and a half at Tipico. All the money and all the actions on Boston still. So we get to fade the the Boston um, um, regression that they're almost um, assuredly due, and we get to uh, fade a whole bunch of line movement and, and essentially the entire betting public. I think a lot of uh, the reason uh, people are betting Boston, or it's pretty obvious, right? The Brooklyn's going to be without Kyrie Irving. They're without Kevin Durant. They're without Ben Simmons still. But um, Kyrie Irving, to me, is just not a big loss for the Nets. I actually, uh, they, they are better with him off the floor. It's it's marginal, but they're slightly better. He's provided no expected wins based on his on-off um, net rating, according to cleaningtheglass.com. And it's just how you think it is, at least according to the on-off stats. Like, he's electric on offense. Uh, Brooklyn scores more points when he's on the floor, but they allow a lot more points because he's terrible on defense. Um, I actually think the backcourt, the current backcourt, is better. Um, it's addition by subtraction. They got Seth Curry and Patty Mills starting back there uh, tonight against Boston, and both of them have balled against Boston this season. Curry... Um, granted it's with three games with, um, Philly that he's played Boston this season. Uh, he was part of the Harden trade, so he's a new Brooklyn piece, but in the three games against Boston, he averaged 20 points per game on 72% true shooting, which breaks down to 56% from the field, 67% from three point line. And he made all of his free throws. He had plus 15 net rating. Again, it's with Philly. But I actually really like Steve Nash and uh, Mike D'Antoni in terms of their handling of point guards or guards or ball handlers, um, how they coach them up. So I think Curry is going to be a good fit for uh, Brooklyn and this coaching staff. And Patty Mills has been uh, quietly one of the best three-point shooters in the league. He participated in this past weekend's three-point shootout. Um, he's averaged in two games versus Boston this season, 14 points per game on 70% true shooting. Which breaks down to 50% from the field, 62% from the three-point land. 
Uh, he hasn't shot a free throw, but he's plus five in net rating. And um, I also, I just, I like Nash over Steve Nash over Boston's coach. I'm going to mess it up. Emmy uh, Yudoko, I think it's how it's pronounced. And and I give him the edge in this extended rest spot. Uh, Brooklyn, since the beginning of last season, is 4-1 uh, against the number with uh, four-plus days off. So they do pretty good in extended rest. Uh, Boston's 0-1 this season against the spread and straight up with that uh, four days off. But obviously it's a limited sample size, so I'm not putting too much into that. But Nash and Brooklyn do play well off extended rest. And uh, my last point here is that Boston could just be a little clunky and stale with its offense. It gets in uh, too much ISO one-on-one uh, basketball with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, and sometimes the ball doesn't move very crisp. So um, it'll help Brooklyn's defense set up and situate and and um, get all eyes on on the on the shooting or the scoring volume the volume scorers that are Jason Tatum and, and Jalen Brown. So. Uh, kind of wordy there, but I'm going with the Nets <laughs> plus eight and a half as they host the Brooklyn Celt- uh, Boston Celtics. Excuse me. Second game here. Hopefully, I can be quicker with the analysis. The final following three, so I don't keep you guys here all all day. But I'm going with the Sh- Chicago Bulls minus three and a half hosting the Atlanta Hawks. I, I I got a whole bunch of Chicago Bulls tickets in my accounts. I took the Bulls money line. I still like the Bulls money line, but I I, I do want to keep my record um, as close to uh, the, the 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 picks that I make as close to minus 110 so it's easier to like track the record and, and really stand behind the ROI or or my, my betting percentages so I'll lay the three and a half with uh, the, the, the 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 bills or excuse me the bulls <laughs> minus three and a half I would play it up to minus five in fact but um, Chicago hammered. Atlanta earlier this season, uh, Chicago was the two seed by tiebreakers. They're actually tied with Miami, with the best record in the East. Atlanta has um, regressed la- uh, off of last season's performance of the 10 seed. Um, they're a, a game ahead of Washington for the final play-in spot for the, for the Eastern Conference playoffs. But Chicago uh, swept Atlanta in a home and away back-to-back December 27th to the 29th. They scored 130 and 131 in those two wins. And I don't see much changing uh, in this matchup. Levine and DeMar should get their numbers against Atlanta's awful defense. And what I think um, really kind of opens up the floodgates for Chicago's offense against Atlanta's defense is the Nikola Vucevic versus Clint Capella matchup. Uh, Vucevic has played very well against Atlanta. He's um, a very good offensive player, uh, can can space the floor, shoot outside shots, hit threes, hit mid-rangers, um, score on the block, and he just will eat up com- Clint Capella's bandwidth. Uh, bandwidth uh, Clint Capella would be less able to play help defense, offensive rebound, um, just do the little things because he'll be more focused on defending Nikola Vucevic. And Vucevic actually has put up 20 points per game. Um, 18 and a half rebounds and has a plus 21 net rating um, in those two games against Atlanta this season. It's also just a better spot for Chicago. Um, they're 17 and seven against the spread as a home favorite, 12 and four against the spread at home versus losing teams. Um, whereas Atlanta's 10 and 18 against the spread on the road, six and 12 against the spread as a road dog. They're three and thirteen against the spread in their last sixteen games versus teams with a winning percentage of sixty percent or higher. One and six against the spread 
when getting three and a half to or three to four and a half points um, as an underdog, and they're four and ten against the spread on the road versus winning teams. So Atlanta's terrible on the road. That's the bottom line. They're terrible in this price point, and they're not good against uh, good teams. And Chicago is handling business at home. So it's kind of square. I don't have to give much more analysis because I don't feel like it's needed. Um, I think the Bulls win by uh, three possessions probably. Cover, can get to, They could per- perhaps win by double digits because Atlanta's offense is so poor. But I like uh, the Bulls by at least eight here. And uh, I'd play this up to minus five and a half, five uh, for Chicago. But we'll lock it in. Bulls minus three and a half. Uh, my next best bet is also very square, but I'm going with the Memphis Grizzlies. I'll take the money line since it's only minus 130 right now as they visit the Minnesota Timberwolves. Again, it's square. Uh, Memphis was a bigger favorite earlier this morning, um, but um, despite most of the money and action being on Memphis, the line is moving towards Minnesota. So that's called a reverse line movement. Typically, that means that bookmakers are taking respected money um, on Minnesota and or they're trying to further trap the public into betting Memphis. But we're going for that trap or we're falling for it because I just like um, the matchup for Memphis in this spot. And I can reverse engineer, uh, <laughs> reverse engineer the reverse line movement. So double reverse here. And what I mean by that is Memphis is 40 and 20 against the spread this year. And people are, are, are assuming regression um, in the second half of the season or following the all-star break. And I just don't think it's going to come. I think this is an awesome regular season team. I don't know how much it applies to the postseason. We'll see what their playoff matchup is. But I think they're going to continue to to beat teams and and I think they can cover this number. I, I mean, I'm betting them to cover this number and really just win outright. I was willing to play the Grizzlies up to minus four and a half. So seeing it go from minus two and a half down to minus one and a half, I, I like the Grizzlies even more. I mean, again, Minnesota is at home. Uh, they're an underdog. They're an up and coming team. They're the seven seed. So two and a half games back of the six seed. Um, you know, they, they would need this game more so to avoid the play in. Memphis, though, is 2-1 straight up against the spread and against the spread versus Minnesota this season. Minnesota's lone victory was a 43-point beatdown. Maybe that's what's given us some value with the Grizzlies here. I don't know. Um, but Memphis is 8-1 straight up and against the spread versus Minnesota in their last nine because they match up really well with them. Um, I think Steven Adams and Jaron Jackson, the front court of the Memphis Grizzlies, are going to make it really tough for Minnesota to get anything in the paint, and they're really not a very good shooting team. Um, Adams and Jaron Jackson, the, the combo of those two, can do a good job defending Cat, Carl Anthony Towns, and Minnesota All-Star big anywhere he wants to go. Um, and I really like this backcourt matchup for the Grizzlies. Um, if Pat Beverly is going to be talking trash, I think John Moran's going to light his ass up. Um, I really like Desmond Bain, especially against D'Angelo Russell, who plays like negative defense, not even no defense. He plays negative defense. Um, Anthony Edwards is a baller, but whatever. I, I like the matchup for the Grizzlies. They're a deeper team, and they both play a very similar style, just Grizzlies play it better and, and more efficient. Um, both force a lot of turnovers, apply ball pressure, or pressure to the ball handlers, but Memphis turns the ball over a lot less. Um, and and they both like to crash the glass, 
but Minnesota is dead last in defensive rebounding rate, and Memphis is a really good defensive rebounding team. Also, Memphis has the highest offensive rebounding rate, and they score the second most, uh, or excuse me, they score the most second chance points per game. So, um, both are going to crash the glass, but Minnesota or Memphis, I think, is going to do a lot better job um, cleaning up the glass and scoring those easy putback buckets. Also, it's just a better spot for Memphis. They're nine and two against the spread as a road favorite, plus. 6.7 ATS differential in those spots, 8 and 4 against the spread on the road versus winning teams. Uh, Minnesota's 4 and 5 against the number as a home underdog, minus 2.9 ATS differential, and they're 2 and 6 against the spread as a short dog, uh, an underdog of 1 to 2.5 points. So I like the Memphis money line here. I would play it up to Memphis minus 3.5. Uh, I think me even Grizzlies minus four, but it appears that the sharp money is going with Minnesota. We're fading the sharps. We're going to take a square play, whatever. We'll go with the Grizzlies uh, minus 130 in the money line. And then the final bet that I like that I, I love actually is the uh, under 217 and a half in the Phoenix Suns, Oklahoma City Thunder game. Phoenix, the one seed by six and a half games, but Chris Paul is out with an injury, which absolutely factors into this handicap. How could it not? OKC is in the 14 seed. They're close to tank mode. They're terrible, but they do a good job covering the number 35, 19, and 4 against the spread. Uh, they are 24 and 33 and 1 to the under. Um, so they, they play a lot more to the under. Um, but yet the market is hammering the over. Uh, they took it from a 213 point opener to. Um, 217 and a half. Maybe the assumption um, is that the Suns pick up the tempo and pick up the pace against or without Chris Paul. I'm not sure, but I think it should be at the original number, which again was 213. The first two Phoenix OKC head-to-head meetings this season, the totals of those games were 214 and 212, so 213 evenly. I don't know where the extra four and a half points comes into play, and as we illustrated with the Grizzlies and Timberwolves a few minutes ago, I can reverse engineer these line movements, and if I can't reverse engineer it, then I just, I'll fade it, I guess, so I'm fading the market, hammering the over, also, I think Phoenix's offense is going to tank without Chris Paul, Uh, Phoenix's effective field goal percentage, turnover rate, falls off the cliff with Chris Paul on the uh, bench, and they're a lot less efficient in pick-and-roll action and half-court plays with Chris Paul not in the lineup. Also, it's just going to be tougher for Miles Bridges, Jay Crowder, and Cam Johnson, these stretch athletic fours, to get quality looks. So I think Phoenix's offense is going to tank. Uh, OKC's offense is terrible. Anyways, they're dead last and non-garbage time offensive rating. They're going to be without floor spacers, loot. Lou Dort, uh, Mike Mescala, and Ty Jerome. But their their defense, Oklahoma City's defense, is actually sneaky good. They're ninth in defensive half-court points per play allowed, 10th in defensive effective field goal shooting, and 3rd in defensive uh, free throw attempt rate. Also, the situation uh, trends back the under here, too. They have a combined 0-2 um, record to the under 
when playing with four plus days off at a plus 22.3 total margin. So it's going over the total by an average of 22.3 points per game. And those two unders, granted small sample size, but OKC is actually 12 and 14 towards the under as a home underdog with a minus 5.3 total differential this season. Um, Phoenix is a 9 and 12 to the under as a road favorite with a minus 3.7 total margin here. So my final best bet is I'm going under 217.5 in the Phoenix Suns. Oklahoma City Thunder game also. Just a quick refresher. I'm taking the Brooklyn Nets plus 8.5, hosting the Boston Celtics. I'm taking a couple square favorites with the Chicago Bulls, uh, laying 3.5 at home against the Atlanta Hawks. And I'll take the uh, Memphis Grizzlies money line at minus 130. Uh, before I get out of here, though, just let me remind you, always shop for the best numbers. Um, do your due diligence to get the, the, the best possible price you can before tip-off. And also, be sure to check the most up-to-date injury reports. Um, you don't want to be betting on a team that just uh, announced that their player is going to miss for load management or just these random injuries at the NBA um, that pop up on NBA injury reports from time to time. Best of luck to you guys today, and I'll holler at you tomorrow. Peace. Thought I'd see if anybody wanted to play some round ball. You're listening to the Bet Slippin' Podcast Daily NBA Show featuring Jeff Clark from USA Today Sportsbook Wire.